Blog Talk Radio. Context and layer to the stories. 
So are you saying that the more things change, the more they stay the same? Yeah. <laughs> uh, and sometimes that's not always good. Uh, but, no. yes, I am. Uh-huh. Okay, your main character is Alexa Williams. Right? And she's a young lawyer. And I noticed in, in one of the earlier books when she moved from New York, she moved into a cabin in the woods with, with her dog, Scout, which seemed like a very risky choice for a millennial. Why did she choose to move into a cabin in the woods? Well, um, Alexa is um, – she's from a small town um, here in uh, – they're based here in the Carlisle, Pennsylvania area. Uh, which is uh, the area that actually we both live in for our listeners. Mm-hmm. But um, Alexa, you know, like many people, um, you know, she in early in life she chafed at the small town uh, atmosphere and wanted to get out, and so she went to New York City, went to law school there, became a an attorney in a uh, big, one of those big New York City law firms, but eventually tired of all the concrete and the rat race. Uh, And when she came back to Carlisle, she now lives in the cabin that her parents owned and she spent a lot of time in when she was a child. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I think it's, uh, her purpose is to go from, you know, what, one extreme to the other in a way because she got really tired of New York City uh, and she's looking for a serene place. Um, And, you know, she lives there with her mastiff, her giant mastiff, English mastiff scout. Oh, yeah. And then there's also a tie-in to Babes in the Woods was nearby, if I remember correctly. Exactly. My (laughs) first book, Dead of Autumn, um, the historical subplot um, deals with a, it was a fictionalized uh, version of something that really did happen back in the Great Mm -hmm. Depression uh, in the 1930s. And many people know about, yeah, many people still know about that story. It's a big story around here. Yeah, it's it's yeah, I think it's touched a lot of people, but three young girls were found um dead in the woods uh, not far from where Alexa lives and that was the jumping off point for uh, a big part of the first book, Dead of Autumn. Okay. All right. And what about currently? How how has Alexa moved on or changed or adapted in Dead of Winter? Well, um, you know, I think uh, each of the books has, uh, uh, there's a series, um, Dead of Winter is the fourth book, uh, and Mm -hmm. Alexa and some of her friends, uh, who are characters in the book, her family, uh, do evolve throughout the four books, um, just like people in life, um, things happen to them. Um, they they go in different directions, meet different people. Um, and I think she's more comfortable now uh, with the, where she lives, um, with her life, um, although she still has a pretty miserable track record with men. But <sighs> In Dead of Winter, as in in the other books, um, she has a penchant 
for falling into uh, trouble and uh, dead of winter uh, starts out with uh, she and two of her friends are out flying a drone for fun. Uh, they're they're 30-somethings, so, you know, they're out in, the, mm-hmm. in rural Pennsylvania flying a drone, uh, and through that drone they spot a, a dead body uh, in an abandoned field, in a, an abandoned farm in a field. Uh, and then things go downhill from there, as they have a tendency to do for Alexa. Dun, 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 dun. And that's how it begins, <laughs> right? <laughs> okay. Um, you also, in Dead of Winter, address a social issue, at, I, from my perspective, uh, it's prejudice. Uh, so, but without giving away any spoilers, how does this impact the main characters? Well, um, it, Alexa uh, gets into uh, this situation partly because of the dead body, but then there's other connections to things in the community that she's involved in, uh, which mm-hmm. plunge her deeper into this mystery. Um, I I think that she actually becomes uh, a target um, of a lot of hatred and even some finds herself in danger because of her connection with a refugee family uh, who she's representing. And the book deals, as you say, with some social issues, um, mm-hmm. and some real-life issues that we experience today. Um, you know, the threat of terrorism, is it really terrorism, isn't it? You know, what's the role of refugees? Um, is there a place for refugees um, in um, America today? And, you know, mm-hmm. what what should be their, you know, the, the, the attitude and the acceptance uh, sort of the idea of fear, you know, fear of the other, which is so present um, in yes. the, a lot of what drives the, the unrest today. Um, and, you know, Alexa is, um, you know, finding even that she has some unknown uh, or some unexplored issues of her own as she goes through this experience, all the while being in danger. Well, and kudos to you for, you know, being able to tie your book in so well to the contemporary issues that we are experiencing now Uh, and also having it released in the dead of winter. (laughs) Good for you. Excuse me. (laughs) Okay, I'm always interested in how people obtain the jobs they do, and, and sometimes the jobs they end up with aren't the ones that they were trained or educated for. Now, Alexa is a lawyer. Does she actually uh, get to practice law in Dead of Winter? Um, a little bit. Um, it, mm-hmm. It's funny because, you know, since she is a lawyer, um, you would think that these books might be courtroom dramas, uh, but they really aren't. <laughs> no, um, no. <laughs> she, she does practice law a little bit, um, in that she represents this refugee family. And occasionally um, in this book and in the other books, you find her in court. Um, But she practices family law. And Mm -hmm. 
so that the the people that she meets through her practice or through her friends uh, and, you know, sort of extracurricular activities are usually uh, what drags her into these mystery suspense situations, um, not the actual practice of law. Mm, okay. And so that's how she gets embroiled in murder? Uh, yeah, uh, it's, uh, she, she, it usually, you know, I, I follow a little bit of a format, um, and that, that wouldn't be a bit surprised to my readers. Uh, although, you know, I try to mix it up a little bit, but, you know, generally as in a lot of classic old mysteries, um, the story begins with a, a death, um, mm-hmm. and then, different pieces of um, things start to intersect. Uh, in Dead of Winter, uh, it, the book becomes a little bit more of a thriller, perhaps, uh, than the earlier books in that when all of the pieces fall together for Alexa, she realizes uh, sort of what's going on. She has to race to save um a bunch of people from um, a real dangerous situation in which they all could die. So oh, it has that, that little bit of ticking clock in it as well that's mm-hmm. more common in a thriller. Mm-hmm. Well, that sounds interesting, very intriguing. Um, you know, you've just completed the editing revising phase of writing. Would you share with that experience with your listeners? I know some of our listeners are are hoping, um, you know, to get the, get their own story published. And and I've often heard, and I know from experience, that the editing and revising phase is very different than the writing phase. Yeah, um, I guess for me the way. I go about things, um, and maybe I'll start at the beginning just very briefly and then talk mm-hmm. specifically about the editing part. Um, mm-hmm. I generally start from an outline. Um, that's just the the way that I write. I know other um, authors start with an idea, and it just takes them wherever. Um, I usually have a, an outline, and... It's not one that I hold hard and fast to. The story can write itself in different directions. But Mm -hmm. in the earlier um, draft, I just try to get everything down, um, you know, to make sure that the plot works, to to make sure that uh, the whole whole book works as a a whole, I'm saying whole twice, but... Um, that the that it all fits together and comes together, but the first draft is pretty rough. Um, then I say I probably do at least two really solid rewrites. Uh, in my first book, I did more than that, probably more than I needed to do. Uh, and also sometimes when I start a chapter, um, I'll go back and reread the other chapters and do some editing along the way that way. So. You know, it's in it's in a pretty good shape though. By the time it goes to publish the publisher, um, mm-hmm. w- the publisher, which is Sunbury Press, they're published by Milford House at Sunbury Press. Um, I have a great editor there, uh, Jennifer Capello, who reads the book 
uh, and gives me a series of edits. And then um, some are grammatical, uh, some are, well, this doesn't make sense. Some are things like, well, this woman's name was uh, Beth in Chapter 1 and isn't her name now Liz in Chapter 3? Um, so, mm-hmm. you know, just basic mistakes like that that sometimes you you, you don't even catch uh, when you're writing. Uh, she also looks at it against uh, the style guide that our publisher uses for publishing, uh, you know, mm-hmm. what should be capitalized, what shouldn't be. So that, it's a pretty thorough first review. I either accept or don't accept, work with her um, on things where we might uh, disagree a little bit, although that's actually pretty rare. Uh, then she does another um, very intensive review, and uh, this uh, for this book, then it went out to for advanced review, uh, so uh, probably about five months before it was published, it went out to journals and uh, professional reviewers to look at, uh, hopefully to mm-hmm. give them amount of time to, to write reviews um, before the book was published. And what that means, then, is that there's yet one more round of editing uh, right before the the book goes to press. Uh, And surprisingly enough, you let a little bit of time go, uh, and both uh, Jennifer and I caught even additional things that needed to be uh, massaged or um, corrected in the book. Then it goes to the galley proofs, to the, the proof stage, um, and yet another read goes through to make sure that it's all been set up correctly and that there are no uh, errors. So editing is, I know some people dread editing, um, but I sort of am weird in that I welcome it because I think it really helps refine the book, um, catch some subtle errors or glaring errors uh, mm-hmm. and in terms of continuity or things like that and really make it uh, for a much, much better product when the, the, the book is done. Yes, it's good. It's, it's polished. Editors are usually polished. So, and you're very lucky to have had the same editor for all your books. That's, I am, you a because you know, yeah, she knows that's nice. the characters as well as I do at this point, almost. So that, mm-hmm. that's very good. Yeah, it is good. And I, I know that not every um, author can have right. that. Um, and then mm-hmm. I know that um, many authors also have the uh, sort of added, uh, layer isn't the right word, but um, additional help of, of an agent who also can be involved in their book, at especially at the early stages. Um, but that's not something that, that I have. So, um, you know, right. it's much more me and the publisher at this point. Mm-hmm. Oh, you could also give our writing group a plug if you want. Oh, that's true. I'm sorry. I I should have done that. I thought of that when you asked the question at first. But that's the other very important thing that helps. Um, Jody and I both uh, belong to a a writer's group. Um, It's a pretty small group. And we meet once a month and uh, share with each other uh, a chapter or two of, of what we've been working on and get feedback 
from the other members in the group, and that really helps, uh, especially early on getting, you know, fresh eyes on, on what you're writing can, can really point out, you know, things where you might be going astray or things that need to be beefed up uh, or aren't totally clear. So that's another really uh, good thing that I, I would encourage all writers to join a critique group if there's one available for you. Or or form one, because I think that's been a very big help for all of us in the group, too. Yes, so, I agree. Yes. Okay. Um, I Is there anything I haven't asked, like information about your book launch that you'd like to share with us? Well, um, the, the one thing that you, you brought up the historical story um, mm-hmm. in debt of in my books, but um, uh, let me just uh, talk just for a, a second or two about the historical story in Dead of Winter. Uh, you know, Good. the contemporary yeah. story, as I said, is about, um, mm-hmm. you know, finding a dead body, um, issues around terrorism um, and refugees and prejudice and fear. Um, the Flying a drone. Story, and, and drones. <laughs> yeah. um, the historical story takes place pre-Civil War um, and follows um, a young slave boy who escapes uh, with a small group from a plantation in Virginia, um, work their way north with the help of the Underground Railroad, and then they land in Chambersburg, Pennsylvania, uh, just as John Brown is um, planning his raid on Harper's Ferry. Um, and John Brown uh, f- was a significant, um, his, his failed raid on Harper's Ferry, I should say, uh, in which he was going to free the slaves. He was a, a famous abolitionist, but he was one who was not just talk, he believed in in action. Uh, And he's a very controversial figure, even at this point um, in in another uh, century, of whether, you know, what was his role in starting the Civil War? Was he uh, a terrorist, or was he actually someone who made a difference? Uh, and so I thought that those two parallel stories were um, – his story was worth uh, talking about along with the the young boy seeking a new life uh, in, a, in a different part of the country as well. Had some parallels to the contemporary story. But, Jody, you ask about a book launch. Yes, I'll um, take this opportunity to, to plug my upcoming book launch um, this coming Saturday, which is, I guess, February 23rd um, at Whistlestop Bookstore, book, Bookshop in Carlisle uh, at 1 o'clock. Um, there's a book launch where I'll be reading uh, from my book, uh, signing books. Um, and I also have um, bookstore events in Pittsburgh uh, on March 2nd, uh, and then in April in Philadelphia. 
uh, and they're on my we- uh, webpage um, at www.sherrynalton.com. Um, there's a whole listing of book events that I have over the next couple months. So, thank you, um, Jody, for for interviewing me. I I know we're about out of time. Yeah, we are. And uh, speaking of books, buying books, um, this is a reminder to all our readers. Um, Our books are available at the Sunbury Press's online bookstore, Amazon, and other online retailers and bookstores. And, of course, as uh, Sherry has mentioned, when we do book signings, we sell them and uh, sign them ourselves. And a special thanks to all of you out there for listening to the Milford House Mysteries. Thanks for tuning in, and we hope you enjoyed our program. We'll be back on Blog Talk Radio in March to um, interview another author and perhaps um, do another uh, one of our discussions that we tend to do once a month. Oh, thanks. In the meantime, you can follow us on social media. As I said, I'm on the web at www.sherrynolton.com. I'm on Facebook and on Twitter. I'm on Facebook.com backslash Carlisle Crime Cases by J.M. West, and I have a new website, CarlisleCrimeCases.com. So until next time. Thanks for tuning in. See ya. Bye. (laughs) 